Hi there! This is the PowerPoint Tribe, where our vibe is faith and our food is the Word. Prepare to be strengthened and encouraged through the teachings of God's Word and the ministry of the Spirit. Can you hear me now? Is this better? Yes, sir. Much, 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 much. Okay. All right, great. Good evening, everyone. Thank you very much for having me. Um, firstly, I'll, I would like to appreciate the leadership of the house and personal pastor, Pastor Dami, for this um, rare honor and privilege, as well as Hot Seat. Uh, hot Seat, because of the exemplary leadership uh, which he provides over the house, constantly raising the bar, constantly giving us um, God's word as in the heart, um, giving us really, uh, and shed, giving us revelation in, into the deep things of God. I mean, there is there are messages, and then there is the Pastor Dami great, great message. And I would want to celebrate um, your leadership over the house as, as it has influenced me personally um, and the rest of the tribe. I also want to use this opportunity to celebrate um, the pastors, Pastor Inca, Pastor Mike, Pastor Peace, and especially celebrate them for the wonderful work they have done in um, so far on this particular, or in this particular series, and the depth of revelations, the the practicality, the simplicity, but but part the powerful simplicity of of what has been shared so far so good from the life of Daniel on, on the subject of of the spirit of excellence has been nothing short of mind blowing, um, and it's it's been. It's been an honor to to be available in this in the services and follow and and learn. Um, at the same time, I also want to again appreciate the LXL and the rest of the LXL, the DC and the rest of the tribe. Thank you for being here. Thank you for uh, being part of the tribe. As as the saying goes, there is no church without you. Um, you are the reason, or you are you are the reason God has put us together. And God had you in mind. God had us in mind as we were put together um, as a tribe and as we fellowship. So this evening, we're continuing on the series, um, The Excellent Spirit. And as I mentioned earlier, it's been, it's been quite, a, quite an amazing series, quite, quite an expansive one and a, a practical one. Um, at the same time, we've had um, Apologies, I need to confirm if I am still here. So I'm sorry, no, I'm not going off of any tangents. Yes, sir. Okay. All right. So we're still on the on the subject of the spirit of excellence. Um using or the excellent spirit actually. Um using the life of Daniel as as the case study or as the benchmark or as, as the life or as, as the life that we're gaining these things from. And so far, so good. We've had three powerful installments. The first one by Pastor Peace, really laying the groundwork, um, ex explaining excellence, defining excellence, and clarifying a number of things concerning it. One of the key things I took out of that, that particular um, session was was it's it's practical. It's lived out. It's um, it's practical. Is is lived out, and uh, Pastor Inca built on it in the next installment powerfully as well, where she was talking about the entrepreneurial Christian. And she ran us through ten things um, that, or ten ten ways, or, or ten things with respect to the executive expressions of the excellent spirit that is deposited in us. Some of the key things there um, that I, I recall was respect to 
how that it's not just about the outputs, it's not just about what it looks like on the outside, but the process and input, how that output comes about has to be kingdom compliant. One of the other things she did, which I, I believe was really powerful, was how that she sort of looking at the genealogy of, of, of Daniel, basically said, hey, all are welcome. It wasn't just that he was a noble person. I mean, it wasn't that he had to be, he didn't come from a special family. He didn't come from a special, um, he, he wasn't exactly, or the Bible didn't particularly say that he was a prince or or one of the king's sons or something. It wasn't, quote unquote, in his blood. The Bible didn't specify that, which sort of throws open the window to everybody say, hey, the, as long as you are in this fold, you are a partaker of this excellent spirit. There is perhaps no other requirement, like any other requirement on the spirit end has already been done. All we then need to do is mix, mix this with, um, mix this with works on this end. And I think Pastor Pastor Michael did a, a great job at at really taking this particular set of thoughts further. Uh, where he talks, where he said that God gives God God gives us the gifts, but the works makes us excellent, right? Um, the grace is supplied, but God also judges works. And I think one of the key things actually was, you see how in the in in when you're reading through the story of Daniel, you see how the Bible says that God gave um, Daniel wisdom, Daniel and his friends wisdom, and how that he also gave Daniel the special abilities in the interpretation of dreams. But further down the line in the same book, you see how. The Bible states that Daniel understood by books. So there was that which there was the gifts which God gave, and there was that working out of that gift which Daniel had to do. So it's a it's a partnership, as it were. Um, and then I think one of the one of the other things that has sort of become a mantra in you know, or sort of became a mantra on the WhatsApp group earlier today was that um, a person of excellence is constant and consistent, right? And and today we're just going to be taking taking a step further again. Um, I'm sort of going to be talking through seven things about um, the excellent spirits, um, and this will be gleaning from from the life of Daniel. Um, there, there are a number of things about the number of about the number seven. It's it's a unique number. It's a special number. Um, and thankfully, I didn't have to walk to the answer with this because in study, I just found these seven things which we would run through briefly this evening. Um, just as a heads up, some of these things would touch on some of the things which we have been taught already. So basically just be a refresher, bringing these things to your remembrance once again, or emphasizing some of these things. And then I would perhaps dwell on um, the fourth thing a little bit because of, um, I would say, the state of the world we live in and also take a lift from from the push buttons that that went live on Monday. If you haven't read that push button, this is me encouraging you again. Do not miss out. Do not miss out on that. Right. Um, nights, nights, nights in hoodies. Um, or is it hooded nights? I can't remember. I can't remember this particular particular topic at the moment. But I think yeah, nights, nights in hoodies. That was it. Nights in hoodies. Um, it's it's really mind blowing. Um, and I've, I've it has dr driven me to certain or to some research from from just reading that push button it is very very engaging all right enough setting of push buttons let's get into the world this evening but before we do so let's say a quick prayer um father we we thank you for this day for today you have made and we rejoice and we are glad in it we thank you because at this hour at this time we have gathered around your word we declare that as we look into your word we are blessed edified strengthened 
encouraged um, and, and lifted by through the teaching of your word and the ministry of, of the Holy Spirit during this session. Amen and amen. All right, so let's let's get into it. Um, so we'll be talking about three, um, seven things as, as I earlier mentioned. And um, the first one is something that I believe we have all seen, right? And um, it's, it's a section I've tagged of beliefs and sights. Um, undeniable, even the blind see. And this is basically just highlighting the fact that Daniel was valuable in across four unbelieving dispensations. And it's very easy to gloss over this particular part of Daniel's story. Um, but we're going to just take a, a few minutes to, to like really try to bring this home and put yourself, so to speak, or put ourselves, so to speak, in that context. Now, these four dispensations, let's not even talk about, uh, or before we even start talking about the Jewish dispensation, right? These four dispensations were at war with each other. So I think out of the four dispensations, only one was a peaceful transition, as it were. Um, the other transitions were the result of wars. Um, so it's not like um, they had the same laws or the same customs. So across four unique tribes or across four unique types of people, sets of people with, okay, let's say three, three unique sets of people with um, different laws. Because I mean, you see, for example, under Darius, how that the laws of Medes and Persia were in a certain type of way, but Nebuchadnezzar could do and undo as he liked right with different customs these um, um daniel as a result of his excellence with found value across these dispensations and i'll also say irrespective of the leadership styles or temperaments um and i think one of the most um unique and perhaps humorous um leadership styles that or lead, leaders that daniel served under was nebuchadnezzar i have um some reason to believe that nebuchadnezzar was perhaps bipolar because one second he's screaming off with their heads, and the next second he's bowing down in praise and adoration. And I'm like, is this the same guy? And it, it, it's not something that happened just once, it's like something that happened repeatedly. So imagine working under that sort of leader, under that sort of boss that is, um, <laughs> for lack of better terms at the moment, bipolar, right? Still found value there. Working with a boss that really loved him, King Darius still found value there so across these dispensations across these different types of 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 lead um of of of, of, um, of rulerships the excellent spirit finds expression and finds seeable and recognizable expression um i, I guess the last bit will just be talk about how that even the first dispensation that daniel served on that was an anti-israel or anti-jewish dispensation the daniel was basically captive right um, and across these dispensations, regardless of their belief systems, because I mean, we, we see from scripture that most of them did not have belief in the one true God. And even when they were shown one thing or the other, or if there was a, a manifestation of, of the wisdom or manifestation of the power of God, they will believe for two seconds and two seconds later, um, everything is back to status quo, right? Um, so he served across these number of, of dispensations. And, and that basically lets us know that um, the excellent spirit is not a function of the environment, right? Haters would hate, potatoes would potate, but the excellent spirit would without fail excel. It is recognizable, 
irrespective of the belief system in which it is operating in. Um, and this is not something that, uh, or this is, this is a trend that we see with the excellent spirits. We see how, um, I think it was Pastor P shared, explaining how that um, God is the source of this excellent spirit. And also as documented in, in, in the book of Daniel, how that God did give Daniel and his friends the excellent spirit wisdom, uh, both their, their teachers and, and other gifts. Um, but we see that this is also a trait that God, dem- God himself, the source code, demonstrates. We see that in Psalms 19, verse 1, we see the Bible say that the heavens declare the glory of, of God, the skies proclaim the works of his hand. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Meaning, hey, I don't care if you speak Hebrew, Greek, I don't know if you're a scientist or an artist, I don't know if you believe in this or you believe in that. Whatever language it is you speak, the heavens declare that excellence is shown. The spirit of excellence is, what I say, inter, what's, what's the word, intercultural, inter, inter, interlanguage. Like it, it's translated or it translates accurately across all languages, right? So wherever it is you find yourself, that excellent spirit, regardless of the, the, the context, regardless of the environment, regardless of the kind of boss you have, um, who could be bipolar, that excellent spirit can still and should still find expression. Thank you very much. Yes, what I'm looking for is multilingual. Thank, thank, thank you for that. Um, so we'll move on quickly to the second point, um, or second thing, uh, which is of what's and how's beyond the what to the how. And, and this is really just an reiteration of what Pastor Yinka shared earlier as to how that it's really not just about the output, but the how. And, and we're going to use, um, look, we're going to use um, something that specifically that happened with, with the bipolar leader, right? So see the, the time when um, King Nebuchadnezzar had that dream and he woke up with trust issues and said, hey, I'm not going to tell you guys a dream because you guys have planned against me, right? So tell me the dream and then I'll know that you can interpret it. Um, and the wise men, quote unquote, the wise men answered him and he fled off and sent him out and basically ordered their destruction. Um, but you see in, in Daniel 2.14, I believe we should read this. Let, let's just quickly um, open our Bible so that we can see how how it is stated. So Daniel chapter 2 from verse, verse 14, we see Daniel um, respond to the king. So actually, let's, let's start from, let's start from um, 10. The Chaldeans answered the king and said, there is not a man on earth who can tell the king's matter. Therefore no, therefore, no king, lord, or ruler has ever asked such things of any magician, astrologer, or Chaldean. It is a difficult thing that the king requests, and there is no other who can tell it to the king except the gods whose dwelling is not with flesh. It's almost like saying, the king asking for something, and like, ah, uh-uh, this one passed also. We can't, like, this question you're even asking us, nobody has asked you before. Like, this question that you're asking us, it does not make sense. Like, oh, king, um, how, how would you put it again? With all due respect, sir, your question does not make sense. Um, but verse 12, for this reason, the king was angry and very furious and gave the command to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. Verse 13, so the decree went out and they began killing the wise men and they sought Daniel and his companions to kill them. Now here's the interesting thing. 
a decree has gone out. Perhaps any wise man you see off with his head. Um, but then in verse 14, you see that then with counsel and wisdom, Daniel answered Ariok. So I, I would assume one, one thing must have happened. Either Daniel approached him or Ariok approached him because and I, from Daniel answered Ariok, I would probably say that maybe Ariok had nerved uh, Daniel somewhere and he was like, how far? Uh, Daniel was like, oh, in his response. He then answered Ariok saying, um, why is the why is the decree from the king so urgent? Then Ariok made a decision known to Daniel. So Daniel went in and asked the king to give him time. The same king who just went off with their heads, right? That he might tell the king the interpretation. And this same king, after saying off with their heads two seconds ago, permits gives Daniel an extension of time. So it's really not just about the words, because I mean, think about it. Both Daniel and the other astrologers at that time did not have the answer to the king's request. But the how they put their response together was one of the defining things or defining differences between the response or the reaction of the king um, to the astrologers and the reaction of the king to Daniel. Um, then we also see see this, um, and I think this is also a reference, I think if I move on from this wise thing, I mean, this is also a reference to the proverb that says a soft answer turns away wrath, right? Um, so it's safe to say that it doesn't appear that the answer that the astrologers had given the king earlier was, was a soft answer because it did not turn away anything. Anyway, um, in Daniel 6.4, we also see when um, the, the other princes or the other rulers under the Darius administration were looking for a fault, looking for a way to bring Daniel down. But the Bible records that they couldn't find anything. He was faithful. No fault was found. Um, and I, I would say this, or I, I want to extend this to beyond the what, to the how. I, I think about this. In, in 1 Corinthians 12, we see how um, um, the Bible, I think all speaking, asking at, at the time, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret. He was talking about the what, that is what it is that they do. Um, but at the end of that statement, or at the end of that, um, those series of questions in verse 31, he goes, and I will show you a more excellent way. And then, of course, we all know what First Corinthians um, 13 goes on to say, talking about how love is the principal thing, or how of all these things, love is greater. And he goes on to list more other things, other great what's. But without the how, without the how of love is but nothing. So with excellence, with the spirit of excellence, it's not just about the what, but it's also, it's very much, or perhaps even more importantly, about the how. Anybody can paint a house. But I think the word excellence actually is an adverb, or it can be used as an adverb. So he's an excellent painter, basically describing or used to describe a what or something that is being done, right? So it's a how, not just a what. All right, so moving on to the third thing. Um, of benches and marks, you can't sit with us. Um, and it was in the study or in, in ruminating over, um, I think what um, Pastor, Pastor, both Pastor Yinka and Pastor Mike had shared um, that I found this out actually, or I sort of um, put, or, or the, the verse sort of appeared to me in, in a certain way, and I'll explain it shortly. 
So the spirit of excellence is a result of an internal benchmark referenced in God. I'll take that again. The spirit of excellence, excellence is the result of an internal benchmark referenced in God. Um, so let, let's talk about how, I mean, the, the book of the Daniel even opened in the first place. I'm talking about how, how the giftings came about, or how that started, right? Um, we see that there was a talk about the king's delicacy, how that, I mean, he had gotten this uh, fresh looking guys without blemish, really good and all of that. And he had brought them in to, he had, they were supposed to be in service of the king, right? And because they were being trained to be in service of the king, they were being fed the king's delicacy, the king's meat. And one would argue, I mean, from a, from a natural standpoint that, hey, it's the king's delicacy. The kings are generally known, especially a king like Nebuchadnezzar, right? Would be known to feed fat, to live lavish, you know, to, to live a soft life, quote unquote. Um, so one would argue that the king's delicacy is a higher standard of feeding, uh, arguably higher than the average. And I'll explain, so I, I will see how this was arguably higher than the average when we get to point four, I believe. Um, um, and I mean, just think about it. Like, so there's there's the average, there's the kings, there's the best of man or best of kings, and then there's the, the God benchmark, which is really out of this world because his ways are not our ways. His ways are much higher, right? Um, much higher than than our ways. And you see how um, when this in the definition of 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 or in the statement, the spirit of excellence being the result of an internal benchmark referencing God, it's internal. Because if it were an external benchmark, then the king's delicacy would have been good enough. Because I mean, that's in some sense excellent. That's in some sense above average. That's in some sense outstanding from the average. But it's not an extrinsic benchmark. It's an internal benchmark. But that internal benchmark is referencing God. And I'll explain um, how, how this came about. You see that statement, and Daniel proposed in his heart, right? internal benchmark that he would not defile himself with the king's meat god reference right so it's an internal benchmark he proposed in his heart that he will not defile himself with the king's meat based on an external um or based on the god reference right and, and the explanations for the god reference um explained in levitz because i think also somewhere in ezekiel where it talks about um the kinds of meats that they should, that the Israelites should and should not eat, and the kinds of meats that should be offered or sacrificed to idols and gods that should also be, be abstained away from. But here's the funny thing, um, and this actually, the, 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 well, perhaps not funny, but interesting, I think interesting is a, a better term, is that when the children of Israel were sent into exile, it had almost been like, or it would be the, <laughs> How would I put this now? It, it, it wasn't like the rule of the day, or the rules were laxed or relaxed because they were going to spend quite an amount of time there. So, for example, the same thing that caused so many thousands of men to die in the wilderness was what they were given free reign or free course to do, quote unquote. I mean, go there, settle down, get jobs, marry, have children, right? Something that People have died for less, or people died for less in the wilderness, right? So it almost seems like going into this space or going into this exile, there was a relaxing, quote unquote, of the rules. 
But Daniel focused in his heart, internal benchmark. Again, not external, because if he was going by an external benchmark, one could have put or one could have drawn a line or gone off a tangent to say, oh, I mean, we were not allowed to do this before. Now the the, the rule of thumb is, oh, by all means, go ahead, marry wives, get down there and, and chill. Like, on what's that thing they say? When you Rome, behave like the Romans, right? Um, if it was an external benchmark, Daniel could have gone ahead to say, oh, I mean, we're here, we're, we're in Rome, or we're in Babylon, we might as well. Hence, internal, oh, sorry, <laughs> internal benchmark referenced in God. And you see something similar with Joseph as well. You see how that, even though he was in a, a town or in, in a place far from his home that did not carry the same values as his home country, he had an internal benchmark referenced in God. Um, and this is why they remained um, relevant, even in nations that, quote unquote, did not send God, right? Because I mean, if you sent God, you would not have invaded his country, right? But why they remain relevant, even in this, in this states, even in these countries, because the God reference is high above any other reference or any benchmark that, um, a, a human being or a, the best of man can set, right? So that's that's why you, you can't sit with us, right? So moving on to the fourth thing, uh, which is where we would dwell for a bit, um, of risk and danger, the danger of difference. Now, because you have an internal benchmark referenced in God, you, there is a tendency um, one who has an internal benchmark referencing God has a tendency to stand out, um, has a tendency. I mean, it's also one of the definitions of, of excellence, right? To stand out, to be outstanding. Um, there's that funny, I can't remember the funny quote, so I wouldn't say it. <laughs> but here's the thing. Excellence is not without risk. And oftentimes, it's not risky for just you. So we take a look at um, how, again, still talking about the king's delicacy and how. Um... Hello, please, can you hear me? Hello? Hello? Yes, sir, we can hear you. Okay. All right, great, 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 great. One second. Okay, I think I may just have to use speakerphone. All right, so we take a look at how um we take a look at how the whole del um, conversation around delicacies came came about or how that even played out you see that in in verses 8 to 10 you talk you see how the prince of the enox whom the king had given charge over the selection of, of the children of israel to, to serve in his court how the prince went on to say that hey this thing you're saying i mean like you're going to put me in danger if this this your sticking to your benchmark if it doesn't play out right my head is also on the table right and and you see him talking about then you would endanger my head um and it's a, a it's actually a valid concern because every, oftentimes we talk about um standing out um being different but it's not without risk um, and here's, look, looking at the flip side, let's take a look at someone who 
um, understood said risk and succumbed under said risk. You look at the story of, of Saul, for example, how that he was given an express instruction. It was, of course, a different instruction because typically what would happen is if you raid a town, you sack the city, you plunder its goods, and you bring it back home, bring back the spoils, right? That's, that's a typical thing to do. But he had an express instruction, burn everything, like let not one thing, not even the animals survive. But because he feared the people and obeyed their voice, excellence is not without risk. Being different is, is not without its own risk, which is why, um, and I'll say that there are two ways to combat this. Again, looking at, at it from, or gleaning from the story of Daniel. The first bit would be MVPs and litmus tests. Um, so Daniel didn't, Daniel was able to empathize. Daniel was able to understand and reason with the Enoch or the Prince of the Enochs and say, hey, you know what, let's try this out. And then, I mean, you can then decide after, after this little experiment, after this litmus test to, to show you that this way is better or, or my, my way is, is much better, right? Um, and it wasn't a thing of, oh, if it's not, if it's not my way, it's the highway, right? He was open to that testing. He was open to that trying out because the Prince of Enoch's head was indeed at risk. Um, and I think at this point, I would want to, to perhaps state something which would be um, important at this junction. And this has to do with the outcome bias, um, and which is also something that Pasayinka had mentioned earlier, how that is not just about output, right? Um, and how that the how matters. So think about this. If um, at the end of 10 days, If in the unlikely event that at the end of 10 days, the Prince of Enox found, um, found Daniel and his friends to be, to look less than the others who were feeding on the king's delicacy. And yes, this is the point, or this is the, this is the part that basically sells the idea that, hey, the, the king's delicacy was above average, because if you eat it, you are meant to look fresher, you are meant to look better than the um, average Joe out there. And if you don't, then, I mean, the princes, the prince of the Enox may be having an off with his head in holding his di direction, right? But in the judging of outcomes um, or judging of outputs, the how also matters. And I'll say that to say this, that if at the end of um, the 10 day period, the trial period, where Daniel and his friends were allowed to eat of the greens and the vegetables, they didn't look better. It would still have been the right thing to do. Yes, I know that that, that could sound <laughs> um, ironical, but it would still it would still have been the right thing to do. So um, the outcome bias is basically judging a decision by its outcome and not by the decision process. And here is one of the reasons why that that bias doesn't um or why that's a bias because i mean the typical thing would be hey um if you made the right decision then you should have the right outcome right but there is also the place of or, or well there could be in some cases the place of cause and effect and i think this is this is a lot uh, or this needs to be particularly um paid attention to when there are a lot of factors involved so take for example now um you, you take 
um, how how do I put this now? Say for example, you take five hundred um, brokers, stock brokers, right? People who basically bet on stocks, and you do, <laughs> and I mean, you just allow them to randomly at random bet on stocks and we we are assigned some sort of 50 percent probability at the first week or at the end of the first week you would find 50 percent of, of these stockbrokers have made the right decision and 50 percent haven't if you repeat this say you start with a thousand um, stockbrokers and you repeat this for a number of weeks at the end of the day you probably have one or two stockbrokers who have repeatedly made the right choices at random um i think this particular <laughs> analogy was carried out with monkeys like if you, if you take a, a bunch of monkeys right and give them access to buttons to push um 50 percent of them would push perhaps two buttons either buy or sell right 50 percent of them will push one button 50, another 50 percent will push another button at the end of a couple of weeks you'll probably have one monkey that has quote unquote pushed the right button for that number of weeks but it was random this monkey was quote unquote, was so to speak lucky so you don't judge the output of a decision only or you don't judge the quality of a decision only by its output or by the process through which that decision was made so if at the end of the 10-day trial period um the children of israel or daniel and his friends who had chosen not in the king's delicacies didn't just looked perhaps the same as the others it would still have been the right decision again because it's an internal benchmark set in god or it's an internal benchmark referenced in god it's not referenced in anything on this realm or on this plane um and i, I think the, the other bit I, I would want to talk about with respect to um to this is and this is where i take a leaf from where i take a leaf from the push buttons for the week is the other bias that can um, influence decisions at this point because at this point what we're really talking about here is or what we're, what we're really focusing on is the risk associated with excellence the risk associated with standing out on the one hand we've said that hey even if the outcome doesn't look like what it was meant to be as long as your decision was benchmarked in God, was referenced in God, it was the right decision. On the flip side, there's another thing about um, making such decisions that make you stand out. And um, it's, 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 it's a, a known fallacy that I guess by the time I mentioned it, everybody would know it. But there was this experiment carried out in, 1950, in the 1950s, was a line experiment, right? So where the basically had three lines drawn, like you can see there was line one, line two, line three. So they would bring in the respondent and say, um, and give the person line one and ask the person to choose between line two and three, which one was equal to the line one that they, they got, which one was the same length as line one. And of course it's common sense. Line two is equal to line one. You don't need any magician or any wise person to tell you. So of course, as because it's common sense the respondents will say okay line two is the same length as line one then they will bring about five six seven other people into the room and ask them the same question while the respondents is watching and successively each of them will point to line three and say hey line three is equal to line one afterwards they will then ask the respondents the same question again which one is equal to line one 
And guess what? 33% of the time, the respondents would change his answer to say line three is equal to line one, simply because others said so. Of course, these others are, were actors, like they were brought in as part of, or as the control, quote unquote, right? But 33% of the time, because you're like, ah, wait, I mean, I did pay me, right? Like, am I not saying this thing correctly? Like, and that really is another danger or another risk with standing out, right? And it's the fact that, and it's, it's the thing we, we know as peer pressure or the other, or also known as social proof, right? And it's, and here's, here's the, the statement that, that keeps ringing in my head every time I, I come across um, you know, a bunch of people saying things that don't exactly add up. If 50 people mean, if 50 million people say something foolish, it is still foolish, right? The fact that they said it doesn't make it right. The fact that everybody agrees to it or everybody in your environment, again, it is an internal benchmark, doesn't make it right. And it's, it's, I mean, we see how it plays out in the story of Saul, right? How, I mean, he had an express instruction, but peer pressure. Peer pressure made him bend, like, the, as, as, as I can't remember who exactly put it to me this way, the invisible hands of peer pressure that can choke one from doing the right thing or choke one from speaking up, right? And every now and then, it's, it's great to ask yourself why you want what you want. Right. And more, more often than not, try to go three levels deep. Ask why of ask the why of the why of the why. Right? And it would basically tell you at the end of the day, or it would if you're being honest with yourself, you would, you would really see where your benchmark or your reference is coming from. And and the fact that this particular um thing, this peer pressure, is it's sort of hardwired into the human brain, it's herd instinct. Um th and this is why Romans 12 2 admonishes us again to keep renewing our minds right renew your minds renew your minds renew your connection to the god reference renew your mind renew your internal benchmark to its connection to the god reference that you may prove what is good right whether you're doing this at mvp level a, a litmus test or you're doing it at full scale um and i mean we, we see examples in the bible of people who were wise people who should have known better people who should have done better um bowing to the invisible hands of peer pressure right we see the the holy quote-unquote goldsmith um uh, and um, if for those of us who haven't guessed that would be Aaron, who under the pressure of, of the people of israel went ahead to you know make a golden calf um then we see the, the king katsurera of course king saul and then we see the wise foolish king and this is actually an ironic one because hey he's supposedly the wisest man well after jesus to walk the face of the earth bowing to the peer pressure of the many wives he went ahead to marry right um so i'll i'll close out this particular point with say to say dare to be different for the god cause it's something you dare because there is risk involved acknowledge the risk but go ahead with it dare to be different your benchmark is in God. Um, and again, this is another reference to another reminder. If you haven't read Nights in Hoodies, please do. I, I promise you that it would bless you. Um, so we'll move on to point five, which is 
um, something I, I would say is um, a potential um, antidote to peer pressure or a walk around the peer pressure thing, which I've tagged the more the merrier. Right. So you see, when Daniel gets promoted, he doesn't go alone. Um, at the end of the first escape, off with his head escapade with, with Nebuchadnezzar, we see that um, Nebuchadnezzar promoted Daniel. But Daniel did not keep quiet because, I mean, he promoted Daniel. Daniel probably was ex, uh, was moved to deal with a new set of people at a new set of leadership or a new set of leadership level. But I was like, hey, he went to petition the king. I was like, and he said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the first of the province, right? So Daniel was like, I'm not going alone. I'm going with my company. Um, there's there's a, there's an infamous um, message that Pastor Michael preached in in VHF about 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 the company. Um, and I think one of one of the key things I remember from that message was how he was referencing how that after uh, um, Peter got flogged for after they got flogged, the disciples got flogged for healing the killing the blind man at the beautiful gate in the name of Jesus. He went back to their company rejoicing. Where is your company? It was, it was, it was quite a powerful word. Anyway, moving on. Um, so fun fact about the three musketeers, and this is just a, a side. Um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are their Babylonian names. Um, for some weird reason, <laughs> well, I wouldn't say weird, but for perhaps because the book is named after Daniel, Daniel was the only person whose name was retained in in Israel terms or in Hebrew, whose name was retained in Hebrew. Um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, after the initial mention of their names and their renaming, they were referred to as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego moving forward. Anywho, moving with your company or moving people up, moving, um, plugging your people in is one of the antidotes to negative peer pressure, right? If if the rule of the, if if the game of the enemy is divide and conquer, then of course you know that we can unite and win. That's that's the the opposing force, force quote unquote. Another thing we see with Daniel is that he had relationships without borders, um, and this also references something Pastor Inka shared earlier: how that his contact without contamination. You see how Daniel and the Enochs and the Prince of Enochs had like a good rapport. You see how Daniel could speak to the captain of the guards. Um, I mean, verse. Verse. I think the final, the, the the preceding verse had said that they had actually begun um, getting or capturing wise men and killing them, but Daniel was able to sort of relay the captain of the guards and be like, "Hey, let's have a conversation." Somebody, imagine, <laughs> imagine you are a policeman sent to catch a thief, and then you meet the thief, and your relationship is such that you guys can have a conversation, right? Um, not that Daniel was a thief, but just like things in analogy. Um, you see Daniel and King Darius. And this one is really interesting because you see a heathen king losing sleep, losing appetite over the safety of, a, of someone who does not belong to his tribe, someone who may not necessarily share his values. It speaks to the kind of relationship he had, right? Um, you see how... how after um, Darius realized that, or King Darius realized that he had been cornered by his own people, and it, it wasn't like the case of Nebuchadnezzar where you could wake up and overturn what it is that you said two seconds ago, right? He said that the Bible records that he spent the rest of the day trying to wiggle his way out of it, trying to find a way to make Daniel make um, have Daniel um, not be sent to to the the lion's den. But at the end of the day, he had to be sent there, and even at that, you see that he kept vigil. He, I mean. It's it's really it's really interesting to think about that. 
a heathen king could have that much affection or have that much regard for the person of Daniel. Um, and then you also see the parable of the short, short steward, but I wouldn't go into details for the sake of time. So quickly run through the other, um, the, the two other points of conduits and blessings. And I'm sure this is one that everybody should have seen coming, right? Um, the excellent spirit is not for the excellent spirit's sake. It's um, a blessed to be a blessing. It's given to you, but not just for you. It's not given to you just for you, right? Um, now you see what Daniel talks about um, when he was about to reveal the dream and then go ahead to give interpretation. He, he says that the dream was revealed to me not because he has more wisdom than any other astrologer that was um, unable to provide it, but for our sakes, right? It's a collective theme. Um, if you notice something about the interpretation of dreams or the wisdom of, or the expression of wisdom of Daniel, Joseph, and to a certain extent, Solomon, you see that the, ex the expressions of their wisdom were not for wealth gathering um, or to the end of personal means or, or to, to, to the end of personal gain. They were really decoding and routing heavenly messages, parcels and blessings. You see the case of, that, uh, of Joseph, for example, without his wisdom to decode um, the dream, who knows the the people of egypt will likely have also suffered the famine, famine and be wiped out he would not have been able to save his brothers which was the primary reason for his going right, or for, the primary reason for his being sent you look at the case of daniel for example how that the interpretation of his dreams or of the dreams of nebuchadnezzar were also strategic like they were revealing things about nebuchadnezzar revealing things that god had in stock for nebuchadnezzar even at the point where he was going to be sent to graves like an animal right um, and so, so, so you see that all of these things at the end of the day is that his will be done on earth it's not towards uh, personal gains it's really decoding and rerouting heavenly messages and parcels lastly um, and not listly we'll be talking about um, the seventh item of means and reward which re really is just a continuation of of the of the sixth which is that hey the excellent spirit is an end in itself in and of itself, right? It's, um, but it's also, it also has means. Here's what I'm saying. Um, excellence or adherence to an internal standard benchmark in God is its own reward. Um, I think one of the easiest way to, to perhaps paint this picture is um, think about the satisfaction of fulfillment an artist has. How that a painter would spend or paint, painstakingly spend hours behind the canvas and a layman may come across and be like hey this thing looks beautiful this thing look, looks amazing this thing looks awesome it's good to go and the painter is like it's not there yet right not for any extra reward per se um and i think if you have any friend that has perfectionist tendencies you would have witnessed this firsthand where it's just one little smudge somewhere it's just one little dot somewhere or it's that, or it's not justified in a proper way, or it's, I mean, people who um, can lose sleep over the tiniest of things, right, in and of itself, their ability to deliver on that internal benchmark in and of itself is its own reward. Um, for those of us who may be familiar with the Big Bang Theory, think about Sheldon um, and incompetent tenses, right? How 
it has to be complete. Otherwise, he would become restless. Otherwise, he would, he would be able to contain himself. Excellence, what Harris to that internal standard is benchmarking God is its own reward. And, and that's one of the things that makes the benchmark immutable. If it wasn't its own reward and it was there was an it, there was a reward in the external, then it would be it would be mutable, right? You can you can move the benchmark as long as it gets that reward which you are looking for, right? But because in of in and of itself, it's its own benchmark or it's its own reward, right? It's it's somewhat immutable. If an artist is not satisfied, he's not satisfied. There is not much you can do about it to give him time to finish and reach and meet that standard. Um, and then, I mean, where we see this uh, play out, for example, is um, in, in Daniel's interpretation of the writing on the wall. Um, and he goes, and I mean, the king has already promised reward, um, a gold chain around your neck, a purple robe and, and all of that. And um, Daniel is like, oh no, keep, keep all of those things for yourself. Um, but I would go ahead to, to reveal this to you, or I'll go ahead to interpret this, right? Um, somewhere, um, somewhere at the back of my head, I'm thinking, well, it's sort of a juror because Daniel knew that the kingdom was going to be sacked that night. So I was like, ah, if you give me today, somebody else collects it tomorrow. But that notwithstanding, um, the reward or his reason for being an excellent spirit or having or expressing the excellent spirit was not the reward, but rather the internal benchmark referenced in God. Um, and yes, it is an end in itself, but that end in itself has means because the world understands or, yeah, I'll, I'll say the world generally understands the concept of value exchange. Even though Daniel had gone ahead to say, keep these gifts for yourself, the king still went ahead to give him those gifts, even though, I mean, what happened afterwards happened. But when value is created, value flows to value right so an uh, excellent spirit creating recognizable value value that is recognizable in any across belief systems across languages across cultures across laws um once that value is recognizable value would flow to it it's just a a principle of the way the world is set up once there is someone who is different with value different for a god cause um there is once, once there is that um, stepping into, once there's that bold stepping into um, the excellent expression, there is a reward for that. There is always a, a reward for that. Um, and even if there isn't, or even if it doesn't appear immediately, still stay strong. The, the excellence is in itself a reward. Um, in closing, uh, as we begin to wrap up, I think I'll just to share one last thought um which is that excellence exacts a price um and I, I wouldn't be i wouldn't mind words in saying this or in saying this because we see a level of consecration we see a level of um extra application of oneself in addition to the gifts which has been given in addition to to the gifts and the blessings which have been endowed and, and given to to every um person in christ there is the price which is exact. There's the price of consecration. There's the price of dedication. There is the work which you put put in. There is the seed time, um, which leads to the harvest time. It's exactly price. Um, and you may look at um, the price. So you may look at someone paying the price and be like, 
isn't this costly? Isn't this too much? Can't I just um, sit back, chill, relax? What's the word? Be taken care of, right? As opposed to putting this amount of work, as opposed to putting in this amount of dedication in nurturing, in cultivating, in in um, in better expressing the spirit of excellence that has been deposited in every one of us, right? If you think that cost is or if you think that cost is too expensive, um, take a look at the cost of the alternative. Take a look at the cost. Um, imagine what it would have cost Daniel if he could, nobody could interpret Nebuchadnezzar's dreams. Imagine what it would have cost um, the Egyptians. Imagine what it would have cost um, Jacob and his sons if Joseph had not gone that extra mile. Imagine what it would have cost... Um, Actually, let me not go too far. Imagine what it is costing the people in your neighborhood. Imagine what it's costing the people at your office. Imagine what it's costing Nigeria. Imagine what it's costing your the people you stay next to. I mean, <laughs> let me not go into the details. But take a look at the cost of the alternative, right? If this is too expensive, if, if the cost of applying yourself, if the cost of pursuing excellence, if the cost of expressing this, if, if the cost of, if the risk associated with being daring to be different, if, if the, the danger associated with, with that standing out for a good cause appears to be too costly, take a look at the alternative. Um, and, and you realize that his yoke is light, right? It wasn't a joke when he said, take my yoke, because his yoke is light. Um, it wasn't, I think it wasn't a joke. It wasn't, it wasn't a, a parable, or it wasn't, what are those things that you say one thing but mean the other, right? It wasn't, it wasn't, <laughs> would I say, no, it's not, not a conundrum. It, it, it wasn't a paradox, right? His yoke is light. His yoke is light. Thank you very much for having me this evening. I trust that you have heard something that can be applied in your immediate context. Um, Thank you very much once again to the leadership of the house. Thank you very much uh, to the pastors, to the LXL. Thank you very much to the Hobbs team. Um, do have a great night. Great night. Great night. Great night. Um, July. Wow, what a word. For more messages, connect with our tribesmen across all social media platforms at PowerPoint Tribe.
Wow, what a word. For more messages, connect with our tribesmen across all social media platforms at Parpoint Tribe.